today. Pastor Moore's coming right now. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Well, isn't it great to be in the presence? None other but Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, this is what this is all about. Just we would come into his presence and let, let his will be done. Let his favor and touch upon our hearts and upon our lives today. This is a part of the kingdom that we seek first. This is the benefits of the kingdom. Man, this is a package deal of healing and mending and blessing and working on our behalf. And Hallelujah. Thank God for it today. What a mighty touch in this house this morning. What a beautiful setting in just a, a little while. We're going to be dedicating Winston. This is what we want to dedicate him to. This is the presence and the power that uh, we're going to come and we're going to confess. And it's, it's the, really the dedication's about us more than it is about Winston, believe it or not. Because we're coming, amen, as testimonies that we're going to help be a part raising him up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord because that's what the call is all about it's good to see each one of you Lord bless you you may be seated let our classes go back let me join with brother Ford appreciate all of our guests that are with us this morning again amen all of sister Deanna's family and friends and others that are here God bless you for coming and to join with us Amen. In this service and to worship the Lord and let the love of Christ, the love of God, the first song we just sung, amen, about uh, the tower, a righteous tower, that the righteous, you know what, even the righteous have to have a tower of safety sometimes to run to. I'm glad we got a tower to run to called Jesus Christ this morning, a place that we can find safety and security and comfort, a, a place that we can come and and, and, you know, find recovery. You know, you know when, they, when you have a major surgery, a lot of times they don't rush you right back to a room, but they take you to what they call a recovery room. And I thank God. And so even here this morning, how that, man, we've been kind of just ushered into that place and that touch of the Lord here. And it is good to see each one of you. I thank God for uh, God's hand keeping all that's been on the road this week. We've had several that's went... Uh, talks on other places and Texas and things of that nature so we've had some it's put in a lot of miles this week and uh, I thank God for keeping his hand upon you I don't want to just pray it and then you're back home and forget about it no I want to thank God amen this morning and, uh, for his hand it's been with you and keeping you and bringing you back here safely to worship with us praise God on this Sunday morning amen others amen it's uh, had to deal with some sickness and some and some foreign grounds, we'll say. <laughs> we don't like that. I'm going to tell you right now, we don't like that. And uh, thank God for his touch, amen, old brother Chris, and got him back home safely. Amen. Had a little episode, and, uh, but God blessed him and brought him out. And thank God for that. That same evening, uh, Justin, it goes... Mikey's friend that comes with him sometimes here, the big taller guy, had an attack also in Tulsa. They had to put him in the hospital and uh, blockage, Crohn's disease. And But prayer was made, and God opened that blockage up Friday evening. 
He's coming home this morning without surgery. Amen. When I was called upon on both these situations, I thought, man, well, that's just kind of odd how things like that work. But you know what? God worked it out for both. And I thank God for it today. God's answering prayer, folks, if we'll just pray and believe him, put our trust in him. You know what? Peter kind of set the platform and the stage of that with the first miracle that ever you read about in the book of Acts. And he, he said it's not by our holiness or righteousness, but it's by faith. Faith. Faith when you ask him, when you humble yourself. Now, I do believe there's some things Jesus taught us, a man, in some of this miraculous. And it, it just, there's different settings and times, but there's also that these kind only come by fasting and prayer. And so that combination, amen, it works together. And, uh, you know, we want miracles. We want wonders and signs, don't we? Who, who wants to be a product that God can use? No, you missed, you missed what I'm saying. I wasn't talking about the one praying the prayer of faith. I'm talking about the one that's sick and dealing with the situation until the miracle shows up. See, that's on the up. That's on the other side of the ball court. Eh? That's on the other side of the fence. I'm not volunteering. God wants me to. I want to. But, uh, but you see what I'm saying. Amen. But God knows how to how to work all this out because you know what? You think about it, and I mentioned it. I believe Wednesday night, healings is a part of the kingdom of God, as much as pouring out the spirit of God upon all flesh. As much as putting peace and confidence. Now watch this. If you hadn't read your lesson this morning. But if you have. You already know where I'm headed. And the part of this kingdom. To seek ye first the kingdom. Because there's lots of benefits in the kingdom. Amen. It's a lot more to it. Amen. And, and we're, not, we're not downing any of it. Thank God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for getting to speak in tongues and feeling those chill bumps and getting to dance and, 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 and that Holy Ghost experience and power and those times of visitations and, and liberty. But it even goes even in other areas of our lives. We're going to look at this lesson today. I mentioned this just in the last few weeks and months, actually, and probably for the last few years. Uh, as we're facing a time, our nation is facing a time. We, we have as much mental problems as we do physical problems in the day and the hour that we're living in. We've got, we've got more medication than this country's ever known. It's available to humanity dealing with nerves. It's about as much for anything else. And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not standing up here as an avid against it. I'm not, I'm not even, that ain't part of the, the equation here all said and done, okay? But I tell you what, if you look at the side effects on some of those medications that they want to give you for anxiety... That would cause me to have an anxiety attack. So the answer, amen, is in this lesson today. The answer's in this house today. The answer 
Amen. It's in John 3 and 5 and entering in and seeing the kingdom of God. Not waiting on just to get to heaven, but allowing to be activated into our own personal lives. And not just in the external and for others, but within our own hearts, our own minds, our own spirit. That by the help of God, by the help of this kingdom, Man, I'm going to quit feeding some voices. I'm going to quit feeding some feelings I get sometimes. I'm going to start pleading the blood against these so-called anxiety attacks. I, I, I preached on this here a while back, if you remember now. You can hand them down to your little darlings. We already training some here. They, they love to pray for you. They may not all understand all the concepts of it. Amen. But you know what? That's a good thing to happen. I'm glad to see them come up and want prayer. They may not understand all of it, but I tell you what will happen. We can pray over them and ask God as they come, amen, in their way of asking. Because you come as a little child. You've got to come to that point in place. Why do you and I have to become a little child? Let me talk about this a little more with the dedication. Why? Because that baby has to depend totally upon good parents and a good home and good relatives and good neighbors and a good church. At the stage that they're at today, amen, as infants, they won't make it too many days without somebody willing to feed them. Without somebody willing to clean up their messes. Without somebody spending some time with them. In fact, a man, they won't be as normal as they ought to be. How many of you remember the story I told you that Brother Davis, I believe it was, had mentioned about having a young lady that gave birth premature to a child. And no, he was in, in the, he didn't have it. Somebody else, had, but he was in the church and he was there. But, um, but, but, but what happened, he noticed that, that this one particular lady would come in ever so often at will. She didn't have to wait for certain hours. She didn't have to follow any of the protocols a man of the hospital. But anytime she got ready, she could come up to that little place where the little infant was at. And they had him, had him. I don't remember as a boy or girl, but had it in the incubator. And it had water there and certain sounds and, and bubblings and things of this nature going on. Said he had never seen such in his life. And, and so he, finally the nurse, maybe knew the nurse or somebody anyway, began to question, what is this about? Said, why is this lady just have kind of free course to come and, and do what she wants? Said, that's that baby's mother. Said, that baby's got to hear that mother's voice and got to hear that baby's got to hear him telling a man that I love you and that I, I'm caring for you and that, that presence with him and that water and all that was set up as though that she he was still she was still carrying that child and all that had to work together a man for that child to heal and for the full development of that child that it wouldn't wind up being deformed in his lungs and hearts and things of this nature and so it's by the voice of that mother and the presence of that mother that comes a man and all everything else that they was doing. Amen. They're just going to bring in and help this child to develop. Thank God for a church. Thank God for a God. Amen. In the spiritual world that we're living in today. Amen. With all the chaos and all the bombardment amen, of the spirit of iniquity. But yet there's a kingdom that you and I, amen, can be introduced to. And there's a kingdom that you and I can walk in. And there is a light that you and I can walk in. I'm telling you and this light drives out all the darkness. This light, amen, can silence all those voices. This light, this is only God. This is only God that can promise you a sound mind. This is only God can promise you a renewing of the mind. No other God can. No 
prepared no medications, none of them. But this God has promised you in this book, the renewing of the mind. Promised us a sound mind, a healthy mind. Sister Buford Dunn mentioned it this morning, the battles in the mind. The skull, the place that our Savior was crucified is called the place of the skull. That's the reason your eyes and what you put before them are so important. That's the reason what you lend your ears to. To accept and to believe. To be truth or error. What you give yourself to. Is what you and I will become. Why do you think we're living in a world that's getting so out of kelter with the Word of God? But if you listen to a, a big majority of them, they try to tell us it's normal. Why do they call them altar lifestyles then? Well, I can, I can, I can dig into some stuff right here. <laughs> Amen. Who had ever dreamed 50 years ago that, that we'd start hearing things like, don't tell your baby that he's a boy or that she's a girl until she's three or four. Let her or he, him make up his own mind. Who would ever dreamed that we would have? But we're there. We're there. Who would ever dreamed that things that this Bible is so, and I just bluntly put Lifestyles that cannot be an inner end to the kingdom of heaven. But you can't change this book. We don't have the power or the authority. In fact, we're warned if an individual calls themselves a spiritual leader and they change this book. If, for most of them, I'm, be, I'm trying not to be offensive here, but at the same time I'm being honest. But they'll... they'll They'll lose their name in the book of life. It'll be erased out. So, we got a good lesson. The kingdom first is the title of it. And uh, we're going to be talking about actually some verses even prior to this. What led up, man, to the setting of verses that we have here this morning. What brought this about. If we took a survey this morning and um, where do we spend maybe not the majority but possibly the majority of our time trying to attain, trying to acquire. You know, some of you know people that you work with better than you know some of your own family. Because you spend far more time with them than you do with your own family. Because it's a workplace. (laughs) Even the 40-hour week is, you know, we would love for it to be less than that. But we're seeing a generation where not only the husband works, but the mother too. 
And not only do they work 40 hours, a lot of times they have to work more than that. And it's all about trying to acquire things. Trying to purchase. And, uh, and Jesus taught us about this and the four soils and the types of soil. And man, to, to not allow this get a hold of us and choke the word of God out of us. So as we watch how Jesus deals with this, how he responds unto this, the kingdom. And uh, why seek ye first the kingdom? Can I, can I, can I, Lord help me to be, I, I, I don't want to be offensive, but let's, let's face where we're at. How many of this, this room this morning can remember a time that there was no hunting and fishing on Sundays? I'm talking, about, I'm talking about folks that didn't go to church, period. They still wouldn't go hunting and fishing on Sundays. Wouldn't do it. In fact, in fact, they'd get in, they, they were, some of them would be more, you know, they'd be subject to hit you before some of us. <laughs> We don't do that. And, and so the point I'm trying to make here is the shifting and what's happening and what's taking place and the priorities of it. Uh, most of us and most part, you know, we was raised in families that the question, you know, the question never came up in my house. Are we going to church? It'd be more like, why ain't we going to church? What's wrong? We're not having church today? Because <laughs> if the house were open, we were going. So as we watch this, the focus verse in Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye, seek. It's not going to fall on the laps. It's not going to run us down. You know what? If, if, man, I'm trying to be good here this morning. But if, if, if there's some folks that's running after some things, get caught up in some things, if they would take half of that energy and turn it toward God. Well, I'm going to say this. I don't know how this is going to go over, but I'm going to say it. If some people that's so strung out on drugs would use about a third of that energy and drive that they got of going and spending their last dollar on another fix, they'd be shocked what God would do for them. If somehow you could persuade them and convince them, if I could get you to seek after the Lord... Anywhere near like you seeking after that one more fix. And the sacrifice you're willing to make for that one more fix. You'd be astounded what God would do for you. And the kingdom showed. But it's, it's up to the individual to seek first the kingdom. You, you and I have got to seek for it. We've got to reach for it. We've got to have a hunger for it. We've got to have a thirst for it. This, this fellowship, this companionship, this to know him. To know that creator. To know this God. 
kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's, it's a package deal. It, it works together. All these things shall be added unto you. Truth about God. God has promised to take care of all of our need. You can't beat that. You know. Now there is a key word there. Four little letter word. The last one in the, in the verse. Need. Not our wants. Not our wishes. Not all of our habits and hobbies and now, he will bless us. It's his good pleasure. He likes to bless us that way. But he's promised us that he'll take care of our needs. In fact, David said, I was once young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the... Okay. What was the second thing in the kingdom that you got to seek his kingdom and righteousness? <laughs> Falling in love with his commandments. Falling in love with his statues and principles and guidance and direction. Falling in love with his... his. Boy, can I, can I say this is a baby dedication day anyway. Boy, this is going to be good. Regardless of how many times that Sister Mel whips Marshall and tells him no. And I promise you, she probably tells him no far many more times in a day than yes. But Marshall still loves her. When he gets a little fiddly ill or whatever, I want mama. I want her. Why don't we treat God that way? Why don't we love God that way? Because the only reason he's going to tell you and I know it's not to our good. Amen. I'm telling you, the only reason he's going to say, eh, 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 or he gets out the chastening rod. Amen. It's to try to get us back in line. It's not because he hates us. It's because he loves us. <laughs> Praise God. Thank God for good parents. Thank God for parents that just doesn't just, you know, open up the gate and said, hey, y'all get after it. Thank God for parents that's not going to allow everything else to raise your kids. I feel, I feel, like I'm telling the truth this morning. A day that we're living in, if we're not careful, we'll allow too many other uh Obstacles are not obstacles, actually, but objects, amen, to, to do the training or the entertainment. Well, they're just a baby, man. They won't be a baby once, and I agree with all that. And I want them to have the best life they have. I'm for all that. But at the same time, we got to be careful what we set before them. we got to be careful what we allow them to ingest. we got to be careful what we allow them to listen to. Be quiet because it's, it's already planting a seed in them. I don't know why I'm on this, but Brother Quinn, you remember that morning at Tarwar store down there? That little fella about this high? I figured that's all it takes. I'm talking about a little fella about that tall. I won't ever forget. I was standing in that door, it was in the old store. I was standing in the door, there's the main door coming in. I'm standing at the door right here, the counter's right here, Brother Quinn's standing there. General walks in, got a little fella. Brother Quinn asked, he said, Man, what's your name? Son, he shot him the bird prettier than most all of you could do it. I'm telling you, he had done it not once. I don't know how many thousands of times he had practiced it. Because, I mean, he, and he wouldn't even have it, buddy. I mean, just like this as high up as he could get it. Just like. Huh. <laughs> 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 
Hopefully not, because I wasn't in a tent here. <laughs> Paul said, oh, he said he taught him that. Only difference between me and that Paul that day. I promise you, Paul wouldn't have been Paul too good that day. But I promise you, I'd have done my best. And that's just me now. Y'all may not want to do that. That's fine. You do what you want to. But there's some things you better nip in the bud because you will see the day when the principal calls and says, you come get him. You'll see the day when the sheriff says, hey, we got him. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So, as we watch this kingdom business, being in the kingdom, who will supply our every need, and help us. How many of you believe we need help raising children today? How many of you believe we need a spiritual help in raising children today? <laughs> Bringing them to the house of God. Exposing them to the power and the love of God. And introducing to them the, the promises in the word of God. And, and how to conduct and how to live and how to handle ourselves. It's so important in the world and the time that we're living in today. So, as we begin to look at this, we'll back up to the 19th verse, actually, Matthew 6 and 19. And uh, uh, the Lord's addressing as He makes His way down to this focus verse this morning. But I, I want us to, for this to have the impact, amen, upon us here today and help us really understand what the Lord Himself, amen, was trying to reveal unto us and help us with. Amen. So, Matthew 6 and 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth. Now before you get out there and think you don't want you to lay up nothing, that's not true. That's not what he was insinuating. You'll watch the fullness of this unfold though, okay? And, and well, how do you know that? Well, let me ask you something. What did Joseph do? Joseph was a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Pharaoh was a type of the devil. Amen. And here we are. The, 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 the plagues were coming. And so Joseph was positioned and placed in there. Amen. To be what? A savior for the then known world. And so Joseph was one who was able to interpret the dreams. And for the first seven years, Joseph done what? Laid up. Stored up. Put up. Because the next seven years was going to be such a famine. Amen. That all the known world was going to be in a bind and in trouble. Had it not been for a one God believing boy by the name of Joseph. Amen. That God had positioned into that place. The world would have destructed in that moment and in that hour and that generation. But thank God for a man called Joseph that was a type of Jesus Christ. Amen. That had the insight and the revelation and knew how to lay up and store up. That whosoever, amen, they, when they come, they could find, amen, the nurse. Amen. To, to survive. Now watch this. When you get in the New Testament and where we're at, and it works in the natural, but more importantly in the spiritual realm. That's the reason everybody needs Jesus Christ. That's the reason everybody needs a lamb. That's the reason everybody needs a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because we're in a spiritual warfare now. And without this to help us and comfort us and lead us and guide us, we're in trouble. We're no match for the devil. We're no match for the God of this world, which happens to be the prince of the air, which happens to be Lucifer. Amen. And the only one that can help us being, being kept from being deceived by him is no other but the other lamp of the other light called Jesus Christ that dries out. Amen. You know why a lot of people are lost in the day and the time we're living? Because the God of this world has blinded them. And so what's it going to take? It's going to take a God that's outside this world. 
that's setting up in the portals of heaven, that's done paid a price, that you're our high priest, that was also our lamb. And when you call on his name with faith and confidence, he shows up. There's not a dungeon, there's not a valley, there's not a cave, there's not a situation that he can't show up. He's done conquered the devil, he's done conquered the and the devil can't do anything about it. So this is what this kingdom business is really all about and being introduced and becoming part of it. And so as he starts this process in a few verses, lay not up for yourself treasures upon this earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. Figuratively, moth is, actually if you do a little study on that, it's also likened to a worm. If you do a, a little research on that, do you know you can actually drink the eggs? The thing can get on the inside. Actually, show up. And I'm not going all that, but anyway, amen, it show up and it actually becomes a worm. Actually, that worm is some three or four foot long. Do research on it. And if that worm is not dealt with, the right procedures when it shows up and, and ejected and pulled out of the body without being broken. You take a straw and you roll it up, supposedly. But if it becomes broken and goes back into the arm, it can cause gangrene and poisons, all kind of poisons and things of this nature, and actually destroy and kill the body. So sometimes when the, when the Word of God in the Greek and Hebrew that uses certain terms, and we look at them as just moth. Now, we look at it as a garment. A garment's hanging up somewhere, and the moth gets in it and eats holes in it and destroys it, things like that, which is true. Because what garment are we putting on? What garment did God put upon us? Amen. The garment of praise. Amen. We change garments. We put on Christ Jesus through baptism. Even though it's not a little garment like this, it is a spirit. It is a kingdom. It's what flows out of us. It's what covered our nakedness. I take you all the way back to Genesis. I don't have time for all that, but, but you just see what I'm talking about. Man could not cover his own nakedness in Genesis with thick leaves. God covered him. God paid the pride. God killed the lamb, the, the, the skins, and made the skins and covered them. And so that process continues on when you get in the New Testament. It's a spiritual covering. How does this covering come? Through none other but Jesus Christ. Amen. He made the sacrifice. He's the door. Amen. That leads into this. And so when you begin to talk about the moth and you talk about things that can eat it up. Amen. And we're living in a world today, man. There's thieves in every direction. You turn. All kind of phone calls and all other things. Amen. It's happening. And we, we realize and understand. It just blows my mind about some of this junk that goes on. Amen. The people trying to rob and steal and take things. And so there's really not a safe place. Amen. In this world. Amen. But that's just not what Ellie's really talking about. It's material things. He's, he's going to lead on and help us understand really what he's talking about here. Amen. Because, you know, we thank God for money and we appreciate God for money. And, you know, what money can purchase. Really not money, but what he can buy for for us and what we can purchase with it and how we can handle it. But so watch what he does here. You can even go to Russ. Rust, amen. A lot of times Russ was referred to as, as, as uh, tarnish or corrosion and even with Hebrew. When you go to Hebrews 12 and 16 and I didn't give you that verse. We don't, don't worry about it. We've got time to allow it. That morsel, amen, amen. That little morsel. He sold his birthright for one morsel, amen. And so when you talk about rust, it's talking about eating and drinking. It leads to that. Rust, amen. Rusty color. Esau red. And so, you know, I'm putting you a lot of stuff out there and just shooting around to help you to really understand what Jesus Christ was trying to get 
everybody to understand when he's making some of these statements what's really unfolding and what's really taking place because the Bible taught us self-righteousness is that's filthy rags just conforming ourselves won't get the job done we've got to have something that's out, out of this world we've got to have something that's from the external amen that moves on the internal amen that transforms us and molds us and shapes us and so this is the kingdom that he's talking about laying up and storing up that we're not have to worry about it rusting you don't have to worry about moth eating it you don't have to worry about a man stealing from it it's a, it's a treasure that you can lay up because you're going to watch this it's important about the treasure Next verse. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Why, why treasures? Why? It's, it's, it's something that's precious. It's something that's priceless. Uh, treasures can be different. Uh, it just depends on what it is and where it comes from. Uh, if you've got certain maybe dishes or certain, maybe a gun. I, I got a gun. My, my dad bought me when I was just 11 years old. The gun was bigger than I was. And, but my brother, younger brother is just right under me. And so the, the deal was that when we turned 10, we had a 410 and it was handed down. And then the next one got up. Then daddy and mama would buy us a 12 gauge to hunt with. So anyway, Anthony follows you, you know, right behind me. There's only 15 months between us. And so the following Christmas, they wanted to go ahead and give uh, Anthony the 410. So he bought me this Ted Williams special Amen. Shotgun. Amen. And so, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. Sometimes you'd shoot it and then you'd have to let it down. I mean, when you're 11 years old, it, you know, it's as tall as I am. And uh, But you know what? I wouldn't take nothing for that gun. You, you, you don't have enough money. I mean, I'd be, it'd be so ridiculous. Uh, I mean, you'd have to really get up there. I'm talking about hundreds and th- maybe even a million dollars before I didn't consider departing from that gun. And it's probably not worth, probably not worth $78. But it's a treasure item to me. Your treasure and item for God. <laughs> and he's willing to pay the price and he paid the price. And you're more precious. And I'm going to tell you something. Every individual in this house, you're precious in his sight. Nobody can take your place. Nobody can take your position. Nobody can take in the kingdom of God and loving God and working. Nobody can take that place. Amen. So, so you understand that this morning. How when he talks about treasures here, that's what I'm talking about. This type of treasure. Amen. It's got value to it. It means something. Amen. It's laid up and laid up as treasures. And so as he goes on, he talks about treasures in heaven which neither moth nor rust doth corrupt nor were thieves uh, do break through and to steal and then when you look at Luke 12 and 33 sell that ye have and give alms provide yourself bags which wax not old treasures in heaven that feigneth not. Are you hearing what he's saying? You got to lay them up. You and I individually, we got to lay up some treasures. There's nothing wrong with trying to plan for tomorrow and lay up for tomorrow. But if we're not careful, the American dream has got to hold us to the point, hey man, that we want to get so independent that we don't have to have no government. We don't have to have anybody else. And the worst part about it all is we'll reach a point in place that we don't even have to have God. I got enough laid up. I got enough stored up. Hey man, that I don't have to depend on anybody. I got enough money. I can buy my way through this. I can buy my way through that. Amen. But you watch what this unfold as he begins to go through this because there's going to come a moment. There's going to come an hour. There's going to come a day in every living soul. Amen. Money's not going to help you. Knowing individuals is not going to help you. The only thing that's going to amount to anything is the treasures you laid up for the kingdom of God. The treasures you laid up for knowing Jesus Christ. Knowing him as as the as religious world wants to put it, a personal savior. He has to become a personal savior. But it's more than a personal savior. Amen. When you have an encounter with this personal savior, he comes and takes up 
up a bold in you. You watch this. There's a heavenly treasure in an earthen vessel. That's what it's like in the two. The Spirit of God is a treasure. Amen. There's nothing more royal. There's nothing more beautiful. Nothing more powerful that will work on our hearts and in our lives than the power of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. I'm telling you, drugs won't do it. Alcohol won't do it. Knowing people, money can't do it. But if you let God and the Spirit of God work on your behalf, I'm telling you, there's not anything He can't deliver you out of. There's not anything He can't by His grace to bring you through it. That's the reason we can come from all walks of life. But when we come in here and at the foot of the cross in the presence of God, we're all the same, amen, worshiping and magnifying the one true God. Ain't none no better than the rest. We're just earthen vessels. All come up short. We've all failed. Amen. We've all sinned. It's what the Bible says. But thank God for this treasure this morning that you and I have been introduced to and to be a part of it. Colossians 3 and 2 talks about it. In fact, Colossians, give me Colossians 3 and 1. I, I, I gave you Colossians 3 and 2, I thank you, but let's go to 1 too. I want you to look at something. If he then being risen with Christ, I'm messing him up. <laughs> Seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above. Affections, passion, desire. I got some deer hunters in the house. We don't mind getting up at 4 and 4.30 and 5 o'clock. Even on them real cold mornings. In fact, we prefer it to be cold. Huh? But there's some other folks out there that said, them folks are about crazy. I can't believe they. That's because they don't have an affection. They don't have a passion for it. And a lot of them sure don't have a passion to go out there before that and start loading up dogs and putting on collars and wrestling with them. And, huh. But those who's got a passion for it. That's kind of like the guys that gets up and hooks up to that boat and stays out <laughs> all day fishing it's about like the lady folks going shopping. They like to go shopping or, or whatever it might be. You like you have a hobby. Whatever you take, have an affection. I mean, you, you don't have a struggle of getting up early or staying up late and putting extra time. Why? Because that affection puts an energy in you. Have you ever watched those kids? You try to get them to go to school. I don't want to go. I can't get up. And, uh, but Saturday morning, amen, we're going deer hunting. You're waking them up two hours early and they did that. Man, their feet hit that floor. Son. Woo, I'm ready to go. Any time to go? I'm so excited. Them little girls so excited about going to Pete going this past week. Man, they, they was, well, I told you, you know, they didn't go to sleep. I don't know what time they finally went to sleep, man. But I know at 1 o'clock they still was wide open last Sunday night. Man, excited about going. Amen. Some of them got excited about coming back home. <laughs> One of them texted them and said, I'm headed home. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Anyway, praise God. Thank God for that. So that's the way we need to be about coming to the house of God and the things of God and things that deal with having affection. This is how we lay these things up. Amen. And you know what? You're laying them up in place. You don't have to worry about the devil. You don't have to worry about no individuals. You don't have to worry about the moth or rusting away. You don't have to worry about any of that. God's got it. God's taken care of it. He goes from that. For where your treasure is, there will your heart 
It's where your heart's going. It's where your treasure. So watch how Jesus is using terms and putting them together now to help us to understand because we want to be his disciples. We want to follow in his footsteps. We want to, we want to be, you know, we want people to realize and recognize. You know, that, that's, 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 that's a Christian. That's a godly man. That's a godly woman. The, the Holy Ghost feel. You know, I, I, you know, somebody comes walking up to you and they want to know. And oh, Lord, let me be careful here. But anyway, some of these world events out there. Amen. If you, where are you going to? They don't ask you that. I'm being careful, boy. I'm trying to feel this thing out here a little bit. <laughs> When's the last time somebody walked up to you and said, what bar you go to? Some of y'all scared to move. Y'all like, uh, maybe I ought to ask you point blank. <laughs> i tell you what they would do. If you walk up into one, they're going to look at you and say, well, they're going, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I come to get you. <laughs> so as, as we, it just keeps unfolding. So when you go to 2 Corinthians 12 and 14. Now behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you. For I seek not yours, but you. You know, God's not after our money. Now, we're going to pay tithes, give offerings, we're going to invest in the kingdom. But, but God's after us. And that's Paul. He said, but I'm after you. You're the treasure. You know what? The golden streets, the pearly gates, the rivers of life. All this is not going to really impress God. It's not even going to make heaven heaven to God. You know what's going to make heaven to God? It's when you and I show up. It's that blood-bought bride. It's like the gentleman goes out and builds this house or buys a nice trailer, whatever it might be. I hate to say that because sometimes someone takes it wrong, but amen, but but. To make those investments and then never have a bride and never have a family. To just, to, it's all about self. Lay up for yourself. <laughs> 22nd verse, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Proverbs, and you don't have to go there, I'm just going to mention it. Proverbs 4.25 talks about the light. Talks about not turning the left to the right. Previously we just talked about our affections on things above. Our passion and heartbeat. What's going to take place. 23rd verse says, but if thy eye be evil. Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Therefore, the light that is in thee be darkness. How great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. Now watch how Jesus speaks and lay all this out. 
For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and Manman. Manman's actually is known, if you do a little study on that one also, it was known as a god of wealth. And, and, and here's what it's really relating this to. That means individuals that reached a point, they was never satisfied, they was never content. Amen. They worked all their days and all their times and all their efforts was about money and about wealth. It didn't matter how much millions or billions or whatever they had. Amen. And here's the deal with all that. Now watch this. Amen. They sold themselves out to it. That's all that was on their mind. That was all that was in their heart. They didn't think about nothing else. They had no time for church. They didn't have time to go to church. They didn't have time to call on the Lord. It's the same spirit, the same attitude that you read about in Noah's day, amen, when it was full of, of wickedness and continually on their hearts it was nothing but wickedness and evilness. And it never crossed their mind that there was a God. It never crossed their mind that they might need God. Amen. In fact, in their own, in their own reasoning, in their own way of thinking, hallelujah, this is my God. I, I, I'm, I'm the one that makes this happen. I have the power and I have the ability. So you can't serve two masters and you can't serve mammon. And we don't, we don't, we, you know, I'm, I'm a balance this out. Amen. God don't want us to be lazy. Lazy men ought not eat what the Bible says. But yet there is a balance to this. And that's what it's all about. You can't let it become a God. You can't let it overpower you and overrule you. And so now as he goes through all of this and you got to reach that point in place amen. That as you watch the scripture part that we're talking about. The scripture lesson. Amen. And I got just a few minutes here. But in Matthew 6 25 it said therefore say unto you take no thought now, no thought is mentioned about four or five times in the scripture lesson alone. Not to take thought. Okay? Thought is the ability to reason. The ability to think within your own selves. That I can do this. That I can do it by myself. I know how to come up with the ideas. And I know how to come up with the direction. I know how to do all these things. That's what it talks about thought. Not in this particular verse here. But as it unfolds here, you're going to see this unfold. So the Lord himself says. So I say unto you, Jesus Christ himself says, Take no thought, amen, for your life. What ye shall eat or what ye shall drink or what yet for your body for he shall put on it is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment the life and the, the body is more important than raiment that you put on it's more important than food amen and, and, and drink that now these are the most important things now watch Paul told us he said if you got food and, and drink and raiment and, and the, the promise of what that Jesus will never forsake you that we ought to be content that we ought to be satisfied let me ask you something are we living in a satisfied world today you know you know it's a most part to a lot of people they would call this place a really a real real Christian nation but uh, uh, well and I want to be careful there again but but uh, but to really understand what Christian is all about and calling yourself Christ and being full of the Holy Ghost you and I know from a different standpoint out of the Word of God that that percentage is not near what they claim it to be but if that would be the case and then why are we spending so much effort and energy and time a man involved to trying to get the monetary things a man and would come up with these statements and watch this. How many of you have heard anybody say, I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to do the things of God. But God doesn't promise us that he'll supply our every need. Well, I know I'm, I'm bucking some things here this morning. This is one of the biggest things that this end time is going to buck right here, folks. It's materialistic things, amen, of, of, of purchasing and, and being involved and, and things of that nature. So, but let's just watch what Jesus, how he deals with this, amen. So he's telling us here, he said, don't take no thought about that. 
thought here actually, amen. Have you ever, how many of you read the lesson? How many read that first connection? About the little lady sitting in front of the fireplace. Now that blows my mind. I don't know how anybody can think in that direction. I'm sure that was just a made up story. It had to be, surely. But anyway, this particular young lady that wasn't married, wasn't engaged to nobody, wasn't anything. She's sitting in the front of the fireplace and she's boohooing and crying and carrying on. Finally, a loved one noticed and said, hey, what in the world's going on? She said, well, I was just here thinking. She said, I was here thinking, what if I had a baby? And I was sitting here holding this baby rocking and, I, and it slipped out of my arms and fell in the fireplace. <laughs> well, he doesn't stop there. You know, but, you know, she wasn't married. She didn't, wasn't engaged. She didn't have no little baby. She didn't have none of that. So, watch this, anxiety. You can, you can start thinking about things and, and trying within your own self how you're going to figure all this out. And so that's the reason Jesus said, take no thought. Don't let that bombard you. Don't let that overwhelm you. And a little later on, I'm going to bring another scripture. He talks about even of the worries of tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. You may not ever even get tomorrow. Amen. Now, again, he's not telling us to... We've always been taught this, what? Plan like you're going to live forever, but live like you're going to die today. And so you can't just, so there's some balance with this. Because it's not within all powers and abilities. So watch what he says. Behold the fowls of the air. Say, take notice. Look, look. What about the fowls of the air? They don't sow, neither do they reap. I've never seen a little birds go out there and, you know, and, and take their little beak and plow up a field and, and plant little seeds and... I've never seen a barn where they gather them in. But Jesus said, but your heavenly father takes care of them. He said, how much more precious are you compared to them? So what is he trying to get us to understand? There's a lot of worry that goes on that we shouldn't be worried about. Oh, Lord, I feel that wall. <laughs> okay. You know the biggest problem with a lot of people? Now, I'm just going to... A banker told me this. He said, most people live beyond their means. And they worry about... And Lord knows, I'm going to look that up one day. I don't know who the Joneses were. You hear that statement, oh, you're trying to stay up with the Joneses. But nobody's never told me who the Joneses were. And so we can get caught up in that. Now watch this. We can do that with our little babies. They see this one has that one and that one's got that one. And all of a sudden, mine's got to have it. And we'll, 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 we'll do some things that maybe we shouldn't do to make sure they get it. And if we're not careful, one of the first things we'll start cutting off. God and the things of God but the Lord is instructing us and helping us right here now he's, he's going to say some powerful things here 27th verse remember what he said don't take no thought about tomorrow about food clothing don't worry about that all right watch this verse which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? Can anybody in this house? Because watch this. Paul comes along and said, don't think too highly of yourself. <laughs> I 
Well, don't think you've got the you got the ability and the mind and man, I, I can. We all like that macho stuff. In fact, if you listen to Hollywood, they plant, they planted some seeds of no fear, including death, unprepared and unready. But Jesus says, which one of you has the ability by thought, by thinking, that you can add 18 inches to your body? That's what he's asking them. Cubits, 18 inches. A long cubit was 21 inches. A cubit in the Bible time was from the bottom of your elbow to the top of your fingers. That's how they measured. It's 18 inches. So Jesus is posing them and asking them the question, which one are you by thinking? Now, let's go back to thought. Let's go back to the, the, what is that worry? It ties into anxiety. How many would have to agree with me in this house this morning that, that anxiety has taken this country? What did COVID do to us? Oh, I'm, I'm back on it again this morning, ain't I? But even with COVID, man, we got where we couldn't. Six foot apart, we can't do this. We can't. You can't gather up. You can't. But it created a more of a spirit of fear than anything else. God allowed it. You know why? Because watch this. God promised us what? Not the spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. The kingdom, folks, the kingdom. Are you catching now what Jesus is talking about? You really don't have nothing to worry about tomorrow. The best thing you can do for your children is bring them to the house of God and raise them up in the, in the nurturing admonition of God because you've got the benefits of God to help you raise them. Even if you've got to raise them as a single mom or as a single dad, you're better off to raise them as a single mom and dad in the house of God than have the best mom and best dad out there in the world that's making a million dollars a year and wind up lost and undone, full of chaos and trouble. You just make up in your own mind and heart and spirit. Don't think about it. Don't get all anxiety and worry about it. You just pray about it. There's the key. Now watch him. You pray about it. Now you just can't, you know, have the attitude and the spirit. Well, it's just going to fall in my lap. No, but I know a God that I can talk to. I know a God that I can get in a prayer closet. Come on, it's led up to this. I can go back in secret and I can pray to him and I can open my heart up. And I know a God that can make a way where there seems to be no way. I know a God that can move on individuals and move on circumstances and move in situations and open up jobs and opportunities and means. I tell you, this God can make a job. It may not even be existing. If God can create a fish, amen, for Jonah, to get him to Nineveh. He could create a job for you and I. It don't even mean that he might not even exist tonight or this morning, hallelujah. But my God is a creating God. He's a way-making God. There's no limitations with him. The limitations within me. Hmm. So that's the reason he posed this question to him. By thought, by worrying. Let me ask you something. Who slept the night that Daniel was thrown into the line? Then of lines. Well, we forget some of them Sunday school stories, don't we? Who stayed up all night wringing his hands? <laughs> Threatening word about uh, why Daniel slept. I just wonder how that felt. You know, man, he just snuggled up to three or four of them big old lines and they just kind of got around him, just, mm, he had, you know, vibrating. Man, he just. Some people pay big money to get them beds that do all that stuff. Pay big money to get them electric blankets. 
It's the truth. And sometimes, sometimes, folks, if we'll look at some of our situations just like that, and you respond to it just like you respond to me about that, instead of letting the devil laugh in your face, you laugh in the devil's face. Say, devil, you got to do better than that. My God hadn't forsaken me. He hadn't left me. And he's going to see me through. Did I not tell you what David said? I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. There may be some trying times and some difficult times. But you just keep. You know what Paul said? When you've done all you can do to stand. Just stand. God knows where you're at. God knows how to deliver you. And when God gets ready, he can take you like he did Joseph. He can take you out of a dungeon on one day. In one day. In one day. This God can take you out of a dungeon. He can clean you up and put you raiment on it. And put you into a position to rule the world and the unknown world. Honey, I'm talking about a God, amen, that knows no limitations. And so you got to quit letting your mind be filled with anxiety. you got to let your mind be filled with all the junk. You plead the blood of Christ. You call the name of Jesus over your mind. You pray for a sound mind. You pray for a godly mind. You pray for an upright mind. I tell you, the church is going to make it. I don't care who's the president. I don't care who's holding what positions. I know the one is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I know one is a sovereign God. I know one that can do anything that I need him to do. So this is what he's trying to get across to us. When he talks about this. And yet I say unto you. Uh, let me back up 28th. I'm sorry. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? <laughs> It brings us right back to faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. But by faith, I can be made victorious. I can be made an overcomer. I can come through every trial, every situation. Both. Now watch this. If we can believe God for the external things, we need to start believing for the internal things. Amen. I don't have to have a nervous breakdown. I don't have to have an anxiety attack. In fact, when I start feeling those little tremors, I'm going to start speaking back to them in Jesus' name. You might as well settle down, buddy. You might as well get a hold of this. Have you ever really watched emergency workers sometime? They will aggravate you a little bit if you don't know something about it. When they pull up the scene... They don't jump out of them vehicles and, oh, my God, I think we need a first responder for the first responder. <laughs> no, but they're real, almost too calm, you think. They'll be moving, but not. They know that's the worst thing they can do. Of making a mistake. And costing somebody their life. Best thing to do is stay calm and let, let the training kick in. I'll never forget what Kim said about her own dad, Uncle Robert. 
Somebody asked her, said, how in the world did you do that? She said, when I knelt down by him, she said, training kicked in. He said, I just done what I was trained to do. Are you hearing me? The Holy Ghost will train us. The Holy Ghost will guide us. The Holy Ghost will put things inside our minds and our hearts and our spirit. That when the testing time comes, the training will kick in. And what we allow and what we yield ourselves to and what we allow to kick in is how we're going to respond. And our response tells us who's mastering and who's ruling. And that's the reason the Lord taught us this. By worrying. You could stay up all night tonight worrying, but you can't add 18 inches to your statue. Worrying won't get you nowhere. Wringing your hands and biting your fingernails and getting on the phone and calling this and screaming to that one doing. The best thing you and I can ever do is go back to last week's lesson and find that closet and shut the door and call on one that can always do something about it and help us in times of need. I promise you, the book promised, he said, I'll owe no man. This God will know us. If we'll do it God's way, God will take care of it. He's in the business of taking care of it. There's a lot of places we didn't get to finish this morning. Very focused verse. 33rd verse. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You don't have to worry about the clothes. You don't have to worry about the food. You don't have to worry about the drink. You don't have to worry about it. God's got it. I'm looking at a generation that needs this. I, I believe I'm pretty safe of saying this this morning as we fixing to change the order of this service. I appreciate these young couples, Brother Jerry and Sister Deanna, those that's still willing to have babies and bring them into this world. But I just wonder how many in this house this morning that's 45 and above. If I had you to stand, would you be real, really willing to bring one into this world in the condition she's in? And looking around you and observing. This world in one sense is a mess. But history tells us and Brother Williams preached at one time that the time of the birth of Jesus Christ and his ministry were some of the most wicked and vile times that this earth had ever experienced. You had leaderships and kings that would take their own sons and take them out on the, the porch, out on the, the steps of the, the, the castles and places. And before all of them, they would cut their throats. Their own children coming up and, Long lives the king. 
you talk about a mess. But thank God for good parents and that's willing to say, you know what? I'm going to have time for God. I'm going to take out time for God. I'm going to take out for the time for the kingdom of God. In fact, I'm going to seek it first.